You make a difference in those kids' lives. But I think part of it too is uh, that's why we have to get better. What I advise our athletic administrators is nobody is better than the wrong body. And you don't have to win a state championship to have a season of significance. Every coach should be striving for a season of significance for, the, for that team. Welcome to Greenville, South Carolina, home of Greenville County School District, the 44th largest school district in America, serving 78,000 students, 15 high schools, 20 middle schools, and 11,400 athletes. In this special AD Insider Thursday 30 episode, we take you inside the office, schools, and home of Daryl Nance, an NFHS Citation Award winner, former NIAAA president, and Greenville County Schools District Athletic Director. In this episode, Daryl provides us with a unique look at his career insights and contributions, family failures and repairs, and advice on how to address some of the larger challenges of the athletic administration industry today. Before we dive into this episode, we do want to thank Concordia University of Irvine, the number one education athletics master's program in the nation. One that you can take 100% online, in person, or a unique blend of both. If you're interested in learning more, please check out cui.edu. Thanks so much for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this AD Insider Thursday 30. My 15-second pitch for Greenville County Athletics is Games Plus. People think high school sports is just games. We do so much more than play games. We teach fundamentals. We teach discipline. We teach teamwork. We teach passion. We teach work ethic, all those things. Stats that I'm really proud of for Games Plus, uh, our academic challenge, total GPA for each athletic department, but we also do an athletic GPA challenge per team or per sport. So there's a, there's a school winner, and then there's the football winner, the cross-country boys, the cross-country girls, the swim girls, the swim boys. Every sport has their own GPA winner. When we started this uh, in 15, 16, we had 5,000, roughly 5,000 varsity athletes and our GPA was 3.70 on a weighted scale. Our last year's uh, GPA was 4.03 with a little over 5,200 varsity athletes, which just reinforces the fact that athletes are strong students. They understand time management. They understand they have to be eligible to play and our coaches really pursue their, their academic as well as athletic success. When I hire, I want to know what your belief structure is. Do you have a, a, a coaching philosophy? What is your, what is your mentors or your leadership statement? If they can't tell me, then they don't have one. And I ask them if they've taken any of the leadership surveys, any of the 360 you know, feedback surveys, what are you, what's your style or whatever. And they're like, no, I haven't done that. And then how do you know what you are as a leader? Because you're going to fall to some sort of default leadership style. And you need to know as a leader what that style is, what your communication style is, and how that impacts the, the, the experience that others are going to have. Because they're going to experience you. Your coaches are going to experience you. Well, in what way are they experiencing you? And uh, so I try to do a lot with, with leadership style. All of our ADs go through a leadership survey, communication style survey. So when I know that there's going to have to be one of those difficult conversations, I try to look at that before I call that athletic director and say, okay, well, they're this and this, but I'm this and that. So I need to temper more to them so they hear me. 
Because if I come in flaming red hot and they're not a red, they're not going to hear me. They're just going to hear. And I, you know, I shouldn't be flaming red hot anyway, but this is an example, right, um, of, of how you do that. And so I think that's kind of the critical piece for me is I want to see a little more of their personality, how they respond and react. What are the pitfalls that ADs fall into when it comes to hiring people? Well, we know this person. Or, well, they won at X school, so they'll, they'll win here. Well, X school's not like every school, right? Uh, and you kind of get enamored with a name or enamored with a record, and you say, well, that person will make the difference here, and you don't really investigate core beliefs, aligned beliefs with you and the principal and your, your process for your athletic department, things like that. And you, you kind of commit to something before you really know how that's going to work. The other thing is sometimes you just take the first person, the only person who applies or you have the, the choice of the lesser of two evils and that's, that's never a good position to be in. And what I, what I advise our athletic administrators is nobody is better than the wrong body. We don't want to put the wrong person in there whose behaviors and characteristics are not education-based athletics, not our aligned beliefs in charge of, of young people. One of the things I'm most proud about in my service uh, to, the, to the school district has been in the, in the construction area, building athletic facilities and maintaining athletic facilities. And, and it really goes back to in 2005, when I was the athletic director at Wade Hampton High School, we were in a building project. We went from an old school that was originally built in the 50s to we were getting a brand new facility. And so I went to every construction meeting. I was there with the, from the beginning drawing of the architect all the way through ribbon cutting opening day. But then as I've moved into this job, you start looking at, okay, now you're not one school, you're 15 high schools. And we actually, when I took the job, we only had 14. So Fountain Inn High School is our newest high school down in the town of Fountain Inn. And again, was here with, from the very beginning, from the first initial plan all the way through ribbon cutting. We just finished our 15th uh, weight room, multi-purpose room, uh, which is a $26 million project that we just got done in about four and a half years. For the AD that maybe just got a, a building project approved and they called you and they said, hey, I got it approved and I'm the liaison, what questions would you ask them to have the most impact on assisting them with this project? I would want to know, have you ever built anything? Have you ever had a blueprint? Do you know, how, you know what a blueprint is? Can you look at the print and figure out what the space actually looks like? What's your square footage? Does it make sense? Because the, the devil's always in the details, right? That's what everybody says, the devil's in the details. Well, you have to know what the details are for that, for that project. You know, there, there's a 32-inch door cut into that laundry room right there. Well, the problem with that is the washing machine and dryer are 34 and 36 inches wide. How are they going through a 32-inch door? Well, not everybody knows that that commercial washer and dryer is that big, but you should. And so to prevent a problem when the washer and dryer are delivered, <laughs> having to cut a new door, catch that up front. And that's, that's one of the things that I, I caught. You know, and the other thing I think is, let your eyes tell you the truth. That they're gonna say, oh, this building's gonna be ready in two weeks, and you're looking at it, your eyes will tell you the truth. Now, they can get a lot done in a short period of time. But sometimes I would get a deadline, you know, they're gonna give us a deadline, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, that's not gonna work. 
And so there's no need to tell your coaches or your community, yeah, we'll be in here in two weeks. And we'll be in when we're in. When I got here, there was very little strategy on maintenance of, of, of facilities and replacement of large items, large cost items. High jump pits and pole vault pits and wrestling mats and cheer mats, things that are now, you know, used to be $1,500, $3,000, but are now $7,000, $10,000, Washing machines are $10,000 with a six-month waiting list. You can't do without those things. Well, we need to have a replacement cycle. And we have a replacement cycle now, and I'm really proud of that. And I think part of that is all the publicity we do with the academic structure, all the publicity we do with the Games Plus structure, all the publicity we do about how well our athletes are doing. And you know, you don't have to win a state championship to do well. And you don't have to win a state championship to have a season of significance. Every coach should be striving for a season of significance for, the, for that team. And we can celebrate that. And when you celebrate that, everybody sees it. That's on the, I mean, everybody feels that in the school. And that school principal is happy and they tell somebody and the PTA tells somebody and the school board member finds out and it makes the whole process really easy. So much easier, maybe not really easy, but easier to get those types of things that benefit kids, the experience that kids get, the leadership they learn, the teamwork they learn, the discipline they have, the time management skills. And it's as simple as making sure they have what they need. That's the way I look at it. Always looking to serve others, Daryl, like most athletic directors, has at times forgotten to serve those closest to him, which is why he invited us to his home to share some of his failures and how he learned to repair them throughout his career. My dad was the kind of dad that coached all of our sports. Um, when somebody, you know, when there was a need for a coach, he was there. He worked a full-time job as an accountant. I just remember that, you know, we would be waiting at the door for him to come flying in the driveway. He'd run inside, take his suit off, put his coaching shirt on, and we would run back to the car to get to practice or the, or the game. I mean, it was, you know, it was always in a rush, always in a rush. And in some ways, my life was like that because it was rushing from this sport to that sport or the classroom to the gymnasium or the office to the field. And I, I kind of thought that's what it, you know, what it was, but it was always in service to somebody or some other, some other thing. So I have daughters and my daughters were, were not terribly interested, especially my older daughter, wasn't terribly interested in playing in, you know, in athletics. My youngest one was, is. And it was important for us to separate home from school. Didn't always do a good job of it. Uh, I can give you a, a really poignant story that's a personal story. You know, I would wear a suit and coat and tie for, for all my games and one, one day I left my suit here. I was in a hurry and rushed to school. Get through school, set up the gym. I rush home to get my, my clothes. And when I walk in, my daughters are sitting on the couch and they look up like, who are you and what are you doing here at, you know, at five o'clock? And the, the look on their face was, hey, dad's home. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I, I need to get my clothes. So I go grab my clothes and come running back out. They're like, where are you going? I said, like, I've got a game to coach. I gotta go back to school, I got a game to coach. 
And my oldest makes this comment, when are you gonna start coaching us? And I look to my wife for some, you know, support. And my wife looks at me and says, don't look at me. You, you know, now you're, you know, dead in the middle of the season and, and all that, but that's a comment that you never forget. So, okay, what happens after that? Well, what happens after that is we start making time for daddy-daughter dates. And, you know, Julie and I are going to breakfast on Saturday or, or we're going to, you know, dinner tonight or, or what, you know, what we set up time specifically for Julie and Samantha, my children, of how we're going to set aside time for them and make sure that they're not forgotten and that you're not serving so many other people that you forget to serve at home. I think advice for, for some ADs that are involved in, you know, in this type of decision of, you know, how, how involved is my family gonna be? Or how do I need to separate from my family? Uh, you know, there, there are wonderful ways to get, to get them involved. Uh, you know, they can, they can serve with the team, with the program and all that, but they need to have their own identity and their own voice too. So I think it's important that the athletic administrator does not count on his family too much to be part of his life in the job life, because there's a big difference between the job life and real life, family life. And you don't, don't need to get too deep into it. We all do, but I think part of it too is, uh, that's why we have to get better, right? Athletic directors have to get better. They have to continue to improve their processes they can have to continue to improve their time management skills. They have to keep up with the current stuff, whatever's going on, the current technology, the current social media practices, those types of things. Because you can get the home piece right. You can get the home piece right. That's got to be the priority. But then you still have to be able to have enough in the tank to serve the other people that you, at the job. Because the athletic director's job is harder than it's ever been before. The athletic director role has become so much harder because of the, the fact that everything we do seems to be manifested in the public eye. You plan as best you can, you prepare as best you can, you try to be, you know, preempt any of the negative things that can happen. But the games are in public and things happen in the public eye and you're immediately on the defensive, you're immediately reacting. And there's such a rage to sue in so many cases. I didn't get my way, my, my, you know, my, my child got, somebody did my child wrong. There's only so many places that, that you can create safe spots that you're not exposed to some type of criticism or some type of issue that's going on in, in our society. I mean, we're a microcosm of society. So something I did when I was coaching, uh, in my school, my campus, my team, I would have a parents practice where I would bring all of our parents in and I would go through, these are the steps of our practice. We're gonna do these, these drills and here's the purpose for this drill. I got an assistant running the drills. I'm in the stands with the parents telling them, hey, this is, this is what we're doing, A, B, C, D, all the way through the line. And then I would teach a play, I'd teach the parents a play. Here's our play, we're gonna do this, and if the ball goes here, this happens, but if the ball goes there, that happens. And they see how intricate that is, 
And I'm like, okay, everybody understand? All five kids have to move just like that. All five kids have a responsibility. All the players do X, Y, Z. Everybody good with that? Yeah. Okay, we have 15 of those. We have 10 out of bounds plays. We have 12 zone plays. We have a six option press breaker. We have a six option transition game. And your son's got to know all of them like that. And myself and the assistants have to have trust in him, but his teammates have to have trust in him. That he can do it. That we pass the ball, he knows where he's gonna be, he can do it, whatever. So in a situation where maybe your son's not playing as much as you want them to play, it may be because he doesn't know all the plays yet, or his teammates doesn't don't trust him, or that he hasn't earned the trust of the coaches to put him in in that situation. So the first line of communication is you and your son. Are you doing what your coach asked you to do? So we would do that. Then I would put a play, we would scrimmage and I'd put a parent in a dead ball situation. You know, I just call him out of the stands, come shoot the free throw. Or you got to inbound the ball against the press and make the parent do that. And you know, every now and then one of them will make it. I had one mom I called out of the stands, didn't know she had played at Ohio State, you know, so she was pretty doggone good, and made, <laughs> made the free throw. But uh, then I'd dismiss the players and they go get dressed and I'd ask the parents, how'd that feel? Oh my God, that was so much stress. I was so nervous. I'm like, it's practice. Imagine what your kid's doing, what your kid feels like in the game. When all of his friends are watching, when you're watching, here's what I need for you to do. Be at the game, cheer for your son and everybody else's son, sit together as a group, love on these kids, love your son. I'll coach him, you love him. I love him too, but I'll coach him. I'll never love him like you do. Let me coach him, right? And then when the kids come back after they've dressed, they come back in, I would pass out a card that had our Games Plus concept on it. And on the back, there were a number of questions. And those questions, and you know, like, what do you want? Like, one for the parent, one for the kid. I'm gonna ask them, particularly their son, how they are going to help the team this year. From one to 15, somebody's 15, you can only play so many, right? Not everybody can start. What's your role? And then I'm gonna ask the parent the same thing. How can you help? What can you do to assure that we're going to, to win? I mean, we weren't without some, you know, some conflict every now and then. I was involved in a meeting that a parent pointed their finger at me and said, what makes you worthy of being the athletic degree? Why do you get to make these decisions? And I said, beyond my experience, my commitment to education and commitment to young people and making this my profession, I'm also a certified athletic administrator from the National Interscholastic Athletic Administrator Association. And they looked at me and they went, what makes you and turn to the next person? And at that point, there were no more questions thrown at me questioning my integrity, my decision-making or my professionalism. And and that's, you know, that's, that was nice to be able to say, but I, I'd done the work and, and I, I was, I, you know, I thought I was right in the decision we were making and the parent immediately just turned and went after the administration who did not have designation or certification behind their name. So, so for the ADs who are swimming at the end of their rope, they're, they're struggling to get there at the end of the day. Why do I become a member of the group? Why do I join a committee? Why do I, you know, do one more, add one more thing to my plate? You know, they say if you want something done, give it to a busy person because they've already figured out how to get things done, right?
I would say this, every time you get involved with a national or state organization, every time you get involved in a committee uh, or, or you start taking on these, these roles, you'll find that it increases your ability to do your job. It increases your um, time management. It increases the number of people that you can call on for assistance. What do you want your legacy to be? What do you want that when Daryl's gone to be the, the things that echo in the buildings that you served? I think I want my legacy to be that he really invested in the student athletes that he served, that he built relationships that were far beyond the scoreboard, far beyond the team record. To me, that's most critical. That the relationship piece, uh, the thing that hurts the most in my legacy will be that I know I failed some. I failed some kids. I failed, um, you know, younger you make mistakes and, and some, some of those people I've not seen, some of my kids I've not seen. Um, that's, that's the hurt part. But the legacy is that for the most part, I think, I, you know, I served those kids and I built relationships with, the, with my student athletes and my my, I call them my boys, you know, that, that, that my boys were, they knew that I cared about them. They knew that the first 10 minutes of practice, I was going to pat them on the back, high five, fist bump, something. And we were going to talk while they were doing their warm up and all that, that we were just going to say, hey, how was your day? How's your, you know, how are things going? The next hour and a half was hard practice. Then I was going to take their uniform jerseys and go wash them for them. And I was going to dry them for them. And I was going to hang them back in their locker for them the next day. They knew they could count on me. But as they left and they walked by my office as they were going home and the kids would say, you know, bye coach. And I'd say, love you. And a lot of them would say, love you too, coach. I don't know if they all meant it, but they, you know, it's a response, right? But I'm pretty sure they knew I loved them. That is the legacy of the school environment that I, once I went into like district administration, it's trying to sell that message to others to make sure they understand that it's about that relationship and it's about the, the impact you have on that child's life. Um, much greater than most people understand. Much greater than most people understand. ADs and coaches sometimes take for granted how much impact they have. They take for granted that, well, I'm just here. They just, I'm, you know, I'm, I just set the gym up. I just know. You were there for them. You were there at the highs when they won. You were there in the lows when they lost. You were there when they were mad. You were there when they were crying. You were there when they were happy. They know. So the AD that's out there that might be struggling, the, the, the coaches out there that might, that AD knows this coach is struggling, you make a difference. You make a difference in those kids' lives. And so don't give up, don't quit. Right? Yes, it's tough. Maybe harder it's ever been. But our children are so valuable and we provide so much opportunity for them in this crazy world we live in now. Give them the foundation they need. Give them the love they need. Give them the opportunity they need. And you're the guy, you're the lady that can do it. Lean into it. Reach out to your NIAAA, reach out to your state organization. Um, 
all of us are here to help. Uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely worth it.